0: is the Founders Federal High School Football Scoreboard on the Sports Talk Media Network. Coming up, scores and reports from across the state and analysis from David Shelton. The scoreboard is brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. Relax, you're with Founders. Now your host for the high school scoreboard, Phil Kornblut. All right,
1: good evening, everybody. Welcome into the high school football scoreboard playoff edition here on the Sports Talk Media Network, Good to have you with us. Phil Kornblut in Middle Tennessee for tomorrow's South Carolina Vanderbilt football game, but keeping our eyes on what's going on back in the state of South Carolina, J.P. Barry is at our Dave and Buster studio in a downtown Columbia pulling everything together for us. David Shelton will be joining us in just a few minutes after he finishes up his work with the game he's covering in the low country. Meantime, we have got playoff scores galore. Starting to uh, roll in, we'll start to go over those in just a moment, and we'll get some reports in from folks who've been at games across the state, might even dial up a coach or two tonight as we have time to do that here on the playoff edition of the High School Football Scoreboard. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what we have for you over the next uh, couple of hours. You know, it's the opening round of the playoffs, and there's a lot of mismatches on the schedule. Not really... Uh, projecting a lot of close games, not really projecting uh, any upsets tonight, though one or two are bound to happen as you play uh, across the state. But what we've got in so far, as I take a quick look at the scores from the various uh, classifications, well, I see one, one kind of a close ball game and uh, and many, many uh, blowouts, okay? For a lot of these teams, you know, this is just like a 11th, uh, regular season game, just another home gate, that sort of thing. Um, so, not really expecting a whole lot of drama across the state of South Carolina tonight. So, we begin to catch you up on things. In the um, 5A playoffs in the upper state, Dorman, big winner over Clover tonight, 37-7. And Blankwood shuts out Boiling Springs, 40. 40- In the lower state, Somerville, big over Conway, 48 to nothing. In Lexington, does the same to Wando, 45 to nothing. In the 4A playoffs, Upper State, Catawba Ridge, 63, Riverside, 28, North Augusta, 26, easily 14. In Northwestern, big offensive night over Wade Hampton, final score of 64 to 7. In the lower state, A.C. Florida, knocked off Wilson, 49-14. Hartsville topped Lucy Beckham 33 to 14. Here's one that uh, I mentioned a moment ago. A uh, tight one in Myrtle Beach, defeats May River tonight 24 to 21, another tight one, Irmo, a 14 to 7 winner over North Myrtle Beach. Here's one that's not tight, uh, South Florence big over Richland Northeast 61 to 18. In the 3A playoffs, in the upper state, Chester down Blue Ridge, 56-37. Chapman over Emerald, 20-7. Seneca knocks off Wren, 45-20. Camden, a 29-2 winner over Loris. In the lower state, Brooklyn Casey down Hanahan, 36-7. Buford tops Orangeburg-Wilkinson, 52-0. And it was Gilbert. Over Battery Creek, final score there 49 to nothing. To the 2A playoffs in the upper state, Gray Collegiate 54, Fox Creek nothing. In the lower state, Andrew Jackson 66, Ridgeland Hardyville 26, Barnwell 42, Bishop England nothing, and Sherraw Edge Marion 21 to 20. In the 1A playoffs, And we'll take a look at the uh, upper state bracket there in the 1A playoffs. We've got Louisville, 51, Hunter, Connor, Tyler, 8, and Southside Christian, 42, Blackville Hill to nothing, and St. Joseph's, 61, Whitmire, 6. Nothing in yet from the lower state. In the Skeeza playoffs, the uh, 4A playoff bracket complete tonight, (coughs) Hammond, Defeated Augusta Christian 49 to 7. Porter Gowd in overtime over Heathwood Hall 20 to 17. Lawrence Manning 28, Cardinal Newman 14, and Trinity Collegiate beat Ben Lippin 28-21. In the 3A skis of playoffs, Wilson Hall 35, John Paul II 8. In the 2A playoffs, Williamsburg Academy 43, Thomas Sumter, 12, and Collington Prep over Northside Christian 27. To seven. In the 1A playoffs, Lee Academy, a winner over the Kings Academy, 54-13. to 13. So there you go with the scores that we have posted uh, thus far. Now we'll take a look at some other scores that um, are being aggregated at SC Sports Source, if they've got some others that we can pass along to you. In the 3A playoffs, Lower State, Buford 52, Orangeburg-Wilkinson nothing. In the um, 3A playoffs, Chapman over Emerald, 20-7. Porter Gowd in Skeezer playoffs in overtime beat Heathwood Hall, 20-17. If I am repeating some scores, bear with me here because I'm trying to just um, get in every score that I see. Uh, Skiza Lee Academy, 54. The Kings Academy, 13. And Chester in the Skeezer 3A. Chester beat Blue Ridge, 56-37. We've got Barnwell over Bishop England in the 2A playoffs, 42 7. North Augusta, Downs Easley in the 4A playoffs, 26 14. Also, Brooklyn Casey over Hanahan in the 3A playoffs, 36 7. Also, Hartsville over Lucy Beckham, 33 14. That's in the 4A playoffs. Uh, let's see if anything else new here. Uh, Gilbert over Battery Creek in the 3A playoffs, 49 to nothing final score there. And we've got, uh, we've done that one. I think we've done that one. Williamsburg Academy over Thomas Sumter in Skeezer, 43 to 12. St. Joseph's down Whitmire, 61 to six, 1A playoffs, high school league, great collegiate 54, Fox Creek nothing in the 2A playoffs. Collin Prep 27, Northside Christian 7 in Skiza. So I think we've caught you up to date on all the scores that have come in thus far. Let me give it a quick refresh and see if anything new has uh, popped up in the last couple of minutes. Uh, St. John's Christian 42, Patrick Henry 6. That's in the Skiza playoffs. Westside in a real offensive showdown in the 4A playoffs. Westside beat Midland Valley, 45-35. of 1A playoffs. Christchurch, 45. Mac B, 7. Also, Carolina Forest has beaten River Bluff, 42-28. That's in the 3A playoffs. We told you Camden over Loris, 29-2. In the 3A playoffs, Dorman over Clover, 37-7. Lawrence Manning, top Cardinal Newman, 28-14. In the of playoff action, Buford, Over Orangeburg Wilkinson, 52 to nothing in 3A playoff action. So we're off and running with the playoffs around the state of South Carolina. Uh, Burns is up late in the fourth quarter against Hillcrest. Last update, we had 2.16 to play, and Burns was leading 31 28. Hillcrest missed a field goal with 2.45 left. So. Burns trying to hang on. Hillcrest going to try and rally. We thought, in talking with David Shelton on Sports Talk, we thought that might be one of the more competitive games of the night uh, across the state of South Carolina, and certainly that has turned out to be the case. So, speaking of David, J.P., let's go ahead and hit our first break of the night. Oh, we now have a final, and Burns has won that ball game over Hillcrest 31-28. So, in the 5A playoffs in the upper state, Burns advances – Defeating Hillcrest in a good one, 31-28. So, now, J.P., let's hit our opening break here. And while we do that, we'll get David on the line so we can start talking to him and breaking down some of these games. We should be getting in some uh, reporters here in a little bit with updates from uh, games around the state. We'll also try and catch up with some coaches as well. So stay with us here on the High School Football Scoreboard, brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. We'll be back in just a moment.
0: or a touchdown with Founders Federal Credit Union. With services like Founders Online and the Founders app, you'll enjoy all the perks of a big bank with local personalized service. Not a member? Joining Founders Federal Credit Union is easy. Visit relaxjoinfounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Relax with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Hi, I'm State Treasurer Curtis Loftus,
2: and I've got a great gift idea that requires zero shopping, the gift of college savings. Future Scholar, South Carolina's 529 College Savings Plan makes it easy. Grandparents, friends, and family can all contribute to a Future Scholar account and know that they're providing a gift that will last a lifetime. If you're looking for the perfect gift this holiday season, look no further. Learn more about the smart, easy way to save and give this holiday season at futurescholar.com.
4: You were always more than my mom. You were my role model. My best friend and biggest supporter. You filled my days with unconditional love. And you also prepared for the day when you couldn't be here. Because of the woman you were back then, I'm able to be the woman I am now. Your planning made this moment possible.
5: Set your family up for life. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance. Your friends for life.
6: Life insurance isn't for you. It's for those you love the most. For a complete insurance review, call Buddy Bridges in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174.
7: Serving Lawrence, Clinton, and the shores of Lake Greenwood. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Not licensed to do business in all 50 states.
0: It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program.
1: the high school football scoreboard brought to you by Founders Union this is the playoff edition of the high school football scoreboard Phil Cornblute in Nashville JP Barry back at the David Buster Studio in downtown Columbia David Shelton will be joining us here uh, momentarily JP let me know when David has uh, come on board if you are just joining us let's go through the scores as we have them so far tonight in the 5A playoffs, final scores, Dorman over Clover, 37-7. Blythewood beat Boiling Springs, 40-0. And Burns has beaten Hillcrest, 31-28. Those are in the upper state. In the lower state, Somerville, 48. Conway, nothing. Lexington, 45. Wando, nothing. Carolina Forest, 42. River Bluff, 28. And uh, Berkeley defeats St. James. Final score there, 14 14- To 12. Okay, more scores coming up in just a moment. Let's get the story on the playoff game between West Ashley and Goose Creek tonight. Don't have that final yet. We're going to get it right now from Chris Kelly. Chris, thank you for joining us tonight. How are you? Uh, What kind of game did you see tonight?
4: Well, I'm well,
8: and it was a a heck of a performance by the uh, Gators as they. Uh, win a a big playoff game, uh, 42-2 was the final score. Uh, Taking a look at the uh, scoring uh, and performances, uh, Drew Moore really uh, had a night. He had three touchdown passes. He ran for one. Uh, Jehovah Williams had a rushing touchdown late, and Gabe White had an INT that put the icing on the cake to make the final 40 to two it was 21 to nothing phil uh gators at the half more th- uh through the two touchdowns and had the rushing touchdown they had the shutout going and uh the 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 funny thing is the gator defense didn't give up any points the points that west ashley got was uh late in the third quarter they got a safety on drew moore that's how they got their 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 two points but the the Gators are playing their best football right now. Uh, I believe they've won five in a row. Now they're undefeated in region play, and they will uh, await uh, their opponent next week. Carolina Forest. They'll play them right here uh, at Gibson Stadium next
1: week. Kickoff seven thirty. Yeah, it's safe to say that Drew Moore was in the middle of everything tonight, huh? Offense and defense. Well, yeah, he uh, he's he's
8: of course as going to the next level he's committed and signed to play at mercer uh he's got uh he's got a great arm he's got some really good receivers and as i mentioned to coach winstead after the after the game they uh they were zero and five they beat berkeley on the road and then that this uh, goose creek team has just gotten better and better at all phases of the game and they're starting to play their best football Right now, and, of course, being playoff time, that's the best time.
1: No question. Chris, thank you so much, my man. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, sounds good. And with that, let's welcome in David Shelton of the High School Sports Report, also of the Charleston Post and Courier. And uh, before we go to David, let me mention this, that Barnwell has beaten Bishop England 42-7. to This is coming from Billy Baker. Who's uh, laid up tonight with uh, I don't know what you call it a virus, maybe the a cold or the flu. He's also monitoring the Hanahan, uh the Hannah Panfilco Estel game, and Hannah Panfilco leads Estel fifty-two to fifty with four minutes to go. And Barnwell won, like I mentioned, in running back Tyler Smith twenty-two carries, three hundred and sixty yards and six touchdowns tonight for the War horses, as we welcome David Shelton into uh, the broadcast. Let's begin with Goose Creek. You just heard the report from Chris Kelly. And Goose Creek having a fine year, uh, wins a playoff first-round game and moving on now, and can they do some damage down the road?
9: Well, next week's going to be a challenge. Uh, Carolina Forest will be able to score. Wes Ashley just is inept offensively, and Goose Creek was going to win this game because they were going to score at least one touchdown. Uh, Next week, Goose Creek's defense will have to play well. Uh, Carolina Forest will put points on the board. But, yeah, they have played exceptionally well down the stretch. You know, the region was pretty weak, um, and the the better teams they played beat them, like Fort Dorchester and Beaufort and Blythewood. But they did play a tough schedule, Sumter. I mean, they played some really good football teams, Uh, and Carolina Forest will be a, a good
1: challenge for them next week. All right, tell us about your game tonight. Uh,
9: Cane Bay defeated Ashley Ridge thirty to thirteen. They rushed for over three hundred yards. Phil, I've been mm. doing this for thirty-five years. I don't know that I've ever seen a team rush the football forty-eight consecutive times before attempting a pass. But wow. Cane Bay did that in the first half tonight. They ran the ball forty-eight times and then threw a pass and it was incomplete. And they went back to running the football and. I think they probably rushed the football – it had to be 70 times, if if not more. Um, That's what they do. They run the football. But uh, I don't think I've ever seen somebody do it 48 straight plays, and they rush for over 300 yards. They got six backs uh, that can really tote the mail. They're very, very good at running the football with that A-bone, Bill type attack. Uh, But they got a big one next week, because they got to go to Sumter, and, and that won't be easy and that'll be a very good defense. So they'll have to – got to think they got to be able to complete a pass. They did complete one in the second half, so they were one for two for nine yards and at about 70 rushes for
1: well over 300 yards.
9: But a good win for them. They go to eight and two.
1: Yeah. Somewhere Chuck Reedy is smiling over that oh, information. Yeah. That's exactly the oh, kind of yeah. game plan he would like to like to operate. Uh, do they well, have you know, great the offense, running backs? You know your offense is, is –
9: you know, you trust your
1: offense. When you get a penalty, you're backed up into 15. You get a
9: penalty back to the 10, and then you run the ball three straight times and get the get the first down. So, because yeah. uh, I was like, they're going to throw here, and nope, they ran it three times and they got 16 yards, and they needed 15, and and that's what they do. Do they have great running backs? They have six running backs, and they, uh, three fullbacks and three a backs or b backs, or whatever you want to call them. Uh, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, whatever, and they've got a really big physical offensive line. Cameron Durant is going to East Carolina. He's a Shrine Bowler. He's one of the guards. Andre Mitchell's the other guard, and he's 300 pounds. They got a big offensive line, so they they don't they don't you know it is an option. They will pull it and pitch it, and but they do a lot of stuff between the tackles, and and that's what they do. I mean, that's what they've done forever. And when it works, they're going to win, and when it don't work. They're going to have trouble.
1: Hmm. All right. A big win for them. Let's see a little bit more from uh, Billy Baker talking about Tyler Smith. His six touchdowns tonight were from 47, 42, 64, 18, 80, and 16. 6'1, 6, 207. Billy says he benches 375. He squats 575. He's rushed for over 2,500 yards and 43 touchdowns this season. Billy's wondering why he has no major offers.
9: <laughs> I think, I think uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if it's 40 time, um, but you know how these college coaches are. They're, I mean, sometimes they're darn ignorant. Uh, you, know, you know, oh, he doesn't run a 4-4. Four four. Well, you know, but he's 6'1", 207, and is very physical. I met him at media day in August, uh, mm-hmm. and he is an impressive-looking specimen. I mean, he's a good-looking athlete. And very, very smart, very humble. Uh, You know, it's crazy how they do, how how these, you know, recruiting's different now. You can get a running back that's uh, 6'1", 207, that's got two years' experience at the power five level and he transfers. Uh, So a lot of these high school kids are kind of going to have to do something different. And and I think Tyler Smith's
1: going to play college football. I don't know what level, but I got to believe he's going to play college football. Okay, let's go to Lane Harris, who's been a busy guy. Last night he was watching and broadcasting Coastal Carolina's win. Tonight, watching and broadcasting the win by Myrtle Beach in the 3A playoffs. Been a struggling year for the Seahawks, but you know what? Now's a good time to get hot and see if you can extend your season. Uh, And welcome in, and I should say 4A playoffs. They beat May River 24-21 4A playoffs. Welcome in, Lane. Uh, Great to have you with us what did you see tonight from Myrtle Beach?
10: Well, I tell you what, it's it's been a jack on hide season for the Myrtle Beach Seahawks. This is a very young team, uh, Phil. Uh, we've we've been beset by injuries and um, and inexperience, and tonight was it was was no excuse. It was no no different. Uh, the Myrtle Beach coaches, uh, after getting embarrassed last week on the ground with North Myrtle Beach, ringing them up for some big yardage, they. Made some experiments on the defensive side of the ball, came out with a 5-3 look, trying to get some man-on-man blocking and linebackers make the plays. But May River came out with a great game plan. Their their starting quarterback broke his collarbone in the Hilton Head win last week on like the fourth to the last play of the game. So they went with a backup senior quarterback, Garrett Dimel, and he only rushed for 90, 90 yards. And Jaden Jones, the running back, who's going to be in the north-south game as a defensive end, 5'10", 215. He ran for about 170 yards and two touchdowns. Seahawks jumped out to an early lead in the second quarter at at the 10-minute mark. Uh, Kenny Brown hauled in a 44-yard touchdown pass from junior uh, backup quarterback Wyatt Cannon replacing Trey Dunn, who went out with an ankle injury about three weeks ago. And uh, Mickey Wilson also did a little experimenting on the offensive side of the ball, too. Platoon quarterbacks between the junior Wyatt Cannon and the junior Tristan McGee. And McGee had had very limited playing time all season long and only thrown five passes. But he went wire to wire here, rotating snaps with Wyatt Cannon. Seahawks jumped out to that 7-0 lead. And a couple of Jones touchdowns in the second quarter uh, gave them a 14-7 lead over the Seahawks. And Lefty Contos, with 38 seconds left in the first half, puts in a field goal to make it 14-10. to um, Midway through the third quarter, uh, Daimel, their quarterback, runs one in from two yards out and gives them a 21-10 to lead. Malachi Washington, um, who did not have a good game. He had a bruised thigh from last week's loss at Notre Dame uh, at uh, North Myrtle Beach. And, um, see, so he didn't run the ball very well. He and Cam Ward kind of tag-teamed the running back spot, and we tag-teamed no, me- the quarterback
1: spot. Let me break in real quick, Lane, and we'll let you finish up your recap in just a moment. Have to hit this hard break on the high school scoreboard. We are back on the high school football scoreboard here on the Sports Talk Media Network, brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. Uh, David, uh, oh, let's go back to Lane real quick and let him finish up his report on the Myrtle Beach win. We do have a final. Estel beat Hannah Pampico 60 to 56. And Billy Baker uh, telling us from his sick room that uh, Estel's in their final season as a school before before merging with Wade Hampton to form Hampton County High School. 73-yard kickoff return from Tyshawn Hopkins with 40 seconds left in the game and trailing 56-52, and they win it 60-56. How about that? We'll talk with David about that in just a moment and get more, but uh, Lane is still with us. Uh, Lane, if you would, uh, wrap up your report on the Myrtle Beach win tonight and what's ahead. Oh, this
10: is some good stuff to finish up this ball game. Uh, the, after the Malachi Washington touchdown at the end of the f- third quarter to make it 21-17, um, the, um, the uh, Sharks start on a long drive that eats up most of the fourth quarter clock and they're inside the Myrtle Beach red zone with six minutes to go. Myrtle Beach turns in a big, impressive fourth down stop at the Myrtle Beach 10 yard line and take over on downs, uh, down four points in the ball game. They drive down the field. They'll convert three. Fourth down conversions by flip-flopping quarterbacks between um, Wyatt Cannon and Tristan McGee. And uh, with 2.40 to go, Tristan McGee, the third-string quarterback for the Myrtle Beach Seahawks, throws a 10-yard touchdown pass to Jake Doty in the corner of the end zone. A PAT made it 24-21. The Sharks drove right back down the field, got back inside the Myrtle Beach red zone with under a minute to play, and then with under a minute to play, one of these youngins making his first start tonight. Ante Campbell, a sophomore cornerback, comes up and punches the ball out of Gage Duncan's hands. Michael Gilliard, the Shrine Bowl inductee, falls on the fumble and the Seahawks take over and kneel down for a 24-21 win. We got West Florence next week. Jamie Jody, Jenrett and those guys over there and that uh, flashy quarterback they got. We're going to we, they beat us 25-21 in the regular season. We hope we can play good. We got to stop the run better. The Seahawks have been getting gashed on the ground. But the, the young kids made a big made a big game tonight, got to win and get to survive the Myrtle Beach Seahawk 2022 road tour continues next mm-hmm. week.
1: Very good. Lane, thank you very much, my friend. We appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend. You too, Phil. Thank you very much. Uh, David, how about Myrtle Beach, kind of the season they've had and then now they put something yeah. together in the first round of the playoffs and, you know, sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle, you can put together a couple, three wins and all of a sudden you're feeling pretty good about yourself.
9: Yeah, I mean I, I felt like they had a good chance to win this game, um, especially with uh with uh May River's quarterback out. But you you heard what Lane said how Mickey Wilson, this is why he's a championship level coach. He figured it out, he started playing two different quarterbacks. He does some things different. Uh they've had a tough, tough regular season, but the playoffs are a different animal and I tell you, you know, that, that first game with West Florence uh back in September was a four point game and I'm not saying I'm not calling the upset here, but I'm saying that Northern yeah. Beach will not be, you know, they will not be intimidated. They they know they can win the football game if they just play well. So that'll be a, you know, that'll be a. Re, I mean, a pretty good team's gonna get knocked out of the playoffs next week.
1: All right, let me ask you about the Estel win over Hannah Pamplico, sixty to fifty-six. First thing that comes to my mind is your Hannah Pamplico, and you score to go up fifty-six, fifty-two. But then you kick it off. I guess they must have kicked it deep. And the guy took it back for the winning touchdown. What about that ball game,
9: 60-56? Well, I mean, the rules say that when you score, you got to kick it off. So, I, I don't know what, what else they could have done. Uh, they, they certainly weren't going to onside kick or squib it. And I don't know the, how it worked out. But, man, you, I mean, I, Esther is a really good team. This would have been a big upset. This was a four beating a one. Um mm. and this has been a big upset, but you've got to really feel for Hannah Pamplico. They have lost. They lost by one point to Johnsonville, who's undefeated. They lost by seven to Lamar. They lost by three to Lada. They lost by seven or eight to, to Lakeview. And then they lose tonight on basically the last play of the game. So I mean they have had some tough, tough luck. Um uh, to be four and seven with with all those single digit losses means they're they're a pretty good team and like I said, this this would have been this would have been um, one of the big upsets of the night because Esther is having a great year, and a lot of people think they can win Lower State.
1: Well, I tell you what, they must have some explosive players they throughout do. that team. Yeah. yeah, they
9: do have some explosive this guys. Kid. They've got they've got athletes at receiver, and you know, they you got to remember, you know, a couple weeks. Well, uh, about a month ago, they beat Bamberg Earhart forty-two to seven. I mean, they drubbed them. Hmm. Now there were some things. There were some things in that game. You know, Bamberg was without several key linebackers and all. But they, uh, but uh, Estel Estel's got some explosive players. There's no question.
1: Okay, let's uh, continue with uh, reports from guys at games tonight. Let's go to um, oh, the new uncle, Alex Smith story on Dorman's win over Clover. And also, of course, congratulations to the family, the arrival of your new niece, uh, I guess, last night. Exciting times in the Smith family, courtesy of your brother, Smitty, Matt Smith.
6: Yeah, thanks so much, Bill. Yeah, I appreciate your kind words. Uh, Yeah, we're we're glad to have a new addition to the family. And uh, tonight the Dorman Cavaliers went on the road to Clover for the second time this year, and – this time, even though it was a similar outcome, uh, Dorman looked like a much different football team from the first time they played this year. Uh, the defense was dominant from the outset. Uh, the Cavaliers, with their fourth different quarterback of the season, were able to go and get a tough road win at a, at a tough place to play. Uh, but the defense was the story. The first time these these teams met, wide receiver Dion Brown for Clover had over receiving yards against the Cavaliers. Tonight they held him to 15 yards on two catches, under 100 yards through the air for Clover tonight. The Dorman defense was the story, uh, and they were the reason the Cavaliers came away with such an impressive win.
1: Well, we know Dorman's always going to score points whenever they get a great defensive play. I mean, that's, that's a bonus for them as well, makes them, them doubly tough. What's up for them next week?
6: Well, next week uh, uh, they'll go on the road to face Dutch Fork. Uh, we all know the challenges that that, that, that faces uh, when you go down there to play such a, a talented and well-coached team like Dutch Fork has been over the last eight or ten years. Uh, tonight the Cavaliers ran the football very well. Uh, De- uh, Demetrius Foster, or Demarius Foster, excuse me, for Dorman, finishing with uh, about 330 total yards from scrimmage for the Cavaliers. They'll need something similar again next week. and. And they won the turnover battle tonight, and I think those are some of the keys that if you're going to beat a Dutch Ford team, you're going to have to run the football, you're going to have to force some turnovers, uh, and and you may need a big play on special teams. Dorman got all of that tonight. Uh, We'll see if they can carry it over into round two.
1: All right. Hey, thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Have yourself a great uh, weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.
6: Thanks so much, Phil. Y'all have a great show.
1: Thank you, and congratulations to the family again. Alex Smith, uh, brother of Matt Smith. Matt and his wife had a little girl last night, so congratulations to them once again. So, uh, David, I guess Dorman draws the first short straw of the Upper State 5A playoffs. They're the first ones to have to, well, besides tonight with Malden, but I'm talking about once you get past the opening round, now they're the one that has to go take on Dutch Fork to see what they can do.
9: Yeah, it's going to be a tough challenge. Um, you know, Dorman having quarterback issues with the injuries. I mean, I, I think it's going to be really hard for them to go in there with a fourth screen quarterback and, and beat Dutch fork. And, you know, you hear about Foster having, having that big game. What Dutch fork does defensively so well is they take away the other team's best offensive player. They, they make somebody, they are so good at making somebody else beat you beat them. And so they're going to be ready for Foster uh, and Dormant. Dormant's just going to have to find a way to score because Dutch Forks is going to score. I mean, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. They're going to score points.
1: Okay, let's continue on the phones. We got a lot of guys calling in from games tonight. We really appreciate it. Uh, next up, let's see. We go to Kevin Selman and the story on T.L. Hanna and White Knoll tonight. We haven't even gotten that final score in yet, so you can Tell everybody across the state how that one turned out, Kevin. Thanks for joining us. Thank, thanks for having
11: uh, me, Phil. What an exciting night at Jim Frazier Field at Tiel The Yellow Jackets prevail thirty-six to thirty-five in a exciting back-and-forth game all night long. I, uh, as I was uh, listening to the other calls, I was thinking our statistician uh, that that's with us every week. He's in South Bend tonight, so I don't have the stats for you, but I got some. I got, I got some some good guesstimates I can tell you. The steady dose of okay. the Hannah Wing T offense with uh, uh, between Kenny Fretwell and uh, Vashon Burton and uh, Sashim Latimer, a couple of hundred yards rushing, not as many as you normally would think. But here's the stat for you: I can remember of six completions tonight for the Yellow Jackets, probably a close to 100 yards in passing, which is uh, un- unheard of uh, for this team this year. But uh, uh, just a back-and-forth uh, game all night long. I tell you, really impressed with what, uh, White Knoll and what their, uh, their coach has done down there. Uh, the Yellow Jackets got the opening kickoff and returned at 90 yards for a touchdown to go up 7-0. Uh, White Knoll immediately responded, took the ball uh, rather easily down the field to tie it at 7. Uh, goes back and forth, and White Knoll has the, the football. Yellow Jackets are leading 23-21. to 21 with 11 seconds remaining in the first half of play, and White Knoll scores a touchdown right on the last play to take a 28-23 to 23 lead at halftime. White Knoll then gets the opening kickoff and takes it straight down and scores again to extend their lead to 35-23, to 23. and that's when the Yellow Jacket defense finally stood up, uh, made a couple of big plays down the stretch. Uh, fourth and 16, there was a, uh, a pick six by Tyler, uh, I'm sorry, Teagan Cole for the Yellow Jackets. To uh, give the jackets the, the lead for the final uh, the the, the game winning score, and the defense held on at the end as the clock ran out, and just a a big win tonight for Coach Tone and the Yellow Jackets.
1: Sounds like it, boy. They really they really struggled with this one at home to be down by twelve and had to had to use a big defensive play to pull it out in the end.
11: Yeah, and I, I tell you, you know, uh, you, I, you know, we talk about it all the time. We run the wing tee. We call it phone booth football. It's a, it's it's some it put some people to sleep, but it but it can have big play opportunities. And uh, we play a lot of close games. I mean, all year long, just about every one of our games were close and and down to the wire. And I really think it prepares the team when games like this come down. I mean, it's not. I mean, just about every one of our games have been like this, right down to the to the final play or the final drive and. And we, we're 10-1, and 1, uh, so they're doing something right uh, uh, over there. And, uh, but, you know, it, it doesn't get any easier. Next week the Yellow Jackets will host uh, the uh, – we call it it's big boys. The Spartanburg Vikings, will be coming to Jim Frazier Field next Friday night.
1: Oh, man, that place will be packed. You talk about electricity. That will be the place to be. That's going to be a great football game. Uh, thank you so much. Are you heading up to South Bend or are you going to watch it on the tube?
11: I am headed to South Bend. Um, I'm in my driveway right now. I'm getting ready to go in, take a little nap, and I'm planning on leaving about four in the morning and uh, heading up. And uh, we'll be there plenty of time before kickoff. But I'll be there, Lord willing.
1: You're driving.
11: Yes, sir. I am driving. <laughs> okay. Everybody, clear out of the way. This is that's a no, i no, I'm a good safe. driver. I'm one of those guys that that, that uh, puts it on on cruise control at the speed limit and get in the right hand lane. And I like to watch people fight. I just sit over and cruise.
1: There you go. Well you be careful and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Okay. Kevin Selman story on the Hannah win over white. No. David, we didn't see that coming, did we? We didn't see that kind of a one point game between these two.
9: Uh no, no, but but I tell you, you know, we've been we've been listening to reports all year and, and Hannah Hannah's defense has given up some stuff this year. And if they don't play better next week, um, they're, they'll get beat by Spartanburg. But but they're finding ways to win. And like Kevin said, they're 10-1, so they're doing something right. They're just not doing it the way they have in the past where they would just, you know, run the football and teams couldn't score and teams, teams couldn't get the ball from them. Uh, but why, no, I tell you, Coach Pelham over there coming from Dutch Fork, uh, he's got them going in the right direction. I mean, I, I felt like they could – I felt like that White Knoll could compete in this game. I I, did, I I certainly didn't say think it would be a 36-35 game, but I, I thought they could compete because they played some good teams. You know, they played Dutch Fork, Lexington, River Bluff. They played a good schedule. And uh, I didn't think they would be intimidated by this, but, uh, but obviously Hannah's offense is still pretty darn good. Uh, but they got to get. They're gonna have to play really good on defense next week to, to get by Sparkburg.
1: Hey, real quick, let me ask you: Did you get a Fort Dorchester Stratford final?
9: No, I have not even thought about it. But I will look on my email when I get a chance because I usually get a okay an email a stat sheet from them.
1: That's the one in the five A. The one five A playoff game we do not have a <clears throat> final in on yet. All right, we need to take a break before we get up against it, and then we'll get back to more reports. So, appreciate you folks hanging on. Going to get to you in the order that you rolled in, so don't go anywhere. And we'll get to as many of the reports here before the top of the hour and then more as we hit the um, 11 o'clock hour in just a few minutes. You stay with us as well because you're listening to South Carolina's only statewide high school football scoreboard show every Friday night right up to championship weekend brought to you by founders federal credit union Founders Federal Credit Union knows your life is busy and your money is important. We are proud to offer local, personalized services and convenient online services like Founders Online and the Founders app. You'll love being with us as much as we love serving you. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership with Founders. Relax. Win with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA.
0: Hi, I'm State Treasurer Curtis Loftus, and I've got a great gift
2: idea that requires zero shopping, the gift of college savings. Future Scholar, South Carolina's 529 College Savings Plan makes it easy. Grandparents, friends, and family can all contribute to a Future Scholar account and know that they're providing a gift that will last a lifetime. If you're looking for the perfect gift this holiday season, look no further. Learn more about the smart, easy way to save and give this holiday season at futurescholar.com.
12: In Columbia, South Carolina, game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty barbecue. We're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at experiencecolumbiasc.com.
1: Elgin 52-27 and Fort Dorchester as we were asking. David guesses the score as well as our man Bob Corlew. 37-21 Fort D over Stratford. Going to go over all the scores from all over the state. Upper and lower state coming up in a couple of minutes. Folks have been waiting. They've been patient. Their patience will run out if we don't get to them. Chris Deering. C.A. Johnson in Ridgeview tonight. This would be in the um, 1A playoffs, C.A. Johnson, Ridge, uh, Ridge Spring Manetta And uh, what you got for us, my man?
13: Hey, it was... Uh,
14: Ridge Spring Mineta, 35-12. Gri- mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just big for that program. Scotty Dean's trying to build something over there. Uh, Caleb Pearson, the quarterback, ran for five touchdowns tonight. Um, the defense ended up with about eight sacks, and i tell you, Caleb Pearson and um, the, the running back, DeWan Rice, neither, neither one of those guys have any, uh, didn't make any all-star games. Um, you know, there's still a couple out there that they might can make, but man, those guys are football players. They don't come off the field. Um, I think Rice had about, about five of the sacks by himself, and just a really big win for seeing Johnson tonight.
1: Yeah, and he is – the coach there, like you mentioned, that's a tough situation to try and win football games. I don't have a a great history for football, but he's gone in there and done a really nice job this year. Made them very competitive.
14: Yeah, they got seven wins now, and I think I got to go back and check. But I think this is the first time since 2009 that they've won seven games in a season. So, you know, he's got them going in the right direction two years in a row. uh, They've won a playoff game. You know, now next week they got to get on the bus and – and go to Wagner, Sally. That's the team that they beat in the first round of last year, so they they know they can beat them. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can go and win another one. And like Scotty Dean told his team after the after the game, you know, they're one of 16 teams left playing, and, and that's the way you gotta look at it right now.
1: Absolutely, you'll have a complete st- a story tonight on your um, your website, Prep Red Zone, and updates on all the other games and previews on. All the games next week. We appreciate it, Chris. Have yourself a great weekend.
14: All right. You have a great week- weekend, too, Phil.
1: Thank you so much, Chris Deering. Uh, Baptist Hill beat Scott's Branch 8 to nothing. Indian Land over Lawrence 41-20. to Let's go to Monty Dutton with the story on the Clinton game tonight. And we don't have that final yet, Monty. So tell us how it turned out.
4: Final score was Clinton 49, Travelers Rest 14. It was 42 to eight at halftime, and Clinton's uh, Mr. Everything, Bryson James, get get a load of these numbers: five carries, 142 yards, two touchdowns, including a 78-yarder. Clinton also had some of those vintage Clinton passing numbers: one of two for 56 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> That was the Jai Shun <laughs> who rushed for 84 and caught one pass for 56. And I should just never get a chance to mention it, but Twinnon's kicker, Keegan Fortman, uh, has strep throat, and the backup kicker hit seven of seven extra points. So he, they don't get mentioned, particularly the backup kicker. But Twinnon uh, played, uh, you know, they have JVs called up, and they played everybody a lot, and starters didn't play much. In the second half, I said it was 42 at halftime, and the biggest other point game, extraordinary number of penalties. Clinton had three touchdowns. You can't count them all because they scored anyway on a couple of those times. But mm-hmm. uh, they rolled up 392 yards rushing and the aforementioned 56 passing. And uh, travelers rest, uh, you know, never quit. They they uh, their quarterback Caleb Mills. Hit 19 of 38 passes for 258 yards. But it was an easy Clinton victory, and uh, the, the Red Devils, other than a lot of penalties, and I swear, I've been saying this all year, when Clinton yeah. gets penalties, it just makes them matter. <laughs> and so so it was. A, I, I would have to say that Clinton has the, I think, at least in the upstate, the toughest uh, second round game for a number one seed because Clinton will face. Belton Honeypath, which is a very good team, in the second round at Wilder Stadium
1: next week. How many touchdowns did you say James scored? Five carries, 142 yards. How many touchdowns?
4: Two. That would give him 25 for the
1: year. 25 on the year and 392 yards rushing for the team. That, okay, money. That Monty. put
4: him over 1,200 yards rushing.
1: Jackson Copeland
4: had yeah. 84, you know, it was a typical uh, wide-open and running game tonight.
1: Yeah. Sounds like it. Well, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. You too, Phil. Thank you. Okay, Monty Dutton. Uh, David, we should get Clinton and T.L. Hanna together in a football game and and see if they can play it in 90 minutes.
9: Well, I don't think there would be any doubt. You know, after the game I watched tonight with kane Bay, I'd, I'd, I'd put Kane Bay in that category if, you know, the – those type of games are so great when you have early deadlines at the newspaper, I'll tell you that.
1: Yeah, really. But you know what? I mean, coaches, they find offenses that work, that work with the players that they have available, and they make it work. And it works with these teams, and they become very successful.
9: Well, I mean, it's all about blocking and tackling. And if you can block them up front, you can you can run the football. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm old school anyway. All right? I like the running game. I'm not a big spread guy. I mean I understand it scores points and sells tickets and all that, but I like
1: these teams that 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 line and try to be physical. Hang on. Hang on, old man. We'll be back after the break.
0: This is the Founders Federal High School Football Scoreboard on the Sports Talk Media Network. Coming up, scores and reports from across the state and analysis from David Shelton. The scoreboard is brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. Relax, you're with Founders. Now your host for the high school scoreboard, Phil Kornblut.
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody. High school football scoreboard, hour number two of this first Friday night of the playoff season in South Carolina. Quick run to the championship weekend coming up the first weekend in December, <clears throat> excuse me, in December in Columbia with all games being played over at uh, Benedict College. Again this year, Phil Kornblut here in Nashville, uh, David Shelton from down in the Charleston area, J.P. Barry at our uh, Dave & Buster's Studios In Columbia, making sure everything is running smoothly tonight. He's done a fantastic job. We appreciate that very much. Before we give you all the scores, I want to get back to guys who've been waiting to give us reports. Let's go to Garrett Mitchell. Story on the Woodruff-Broom game. We just got that score a couple of moments ago, and what a ball game that was, Garrett. A lot of offense. Wolverines win at 42-34. Sounds like a a kind of a back-and-forth kind of game. Phil, i tell you what, man. um, It
15: was, uh, you know, Halloween was uh, a few days ago, but uh, this was a crazy game, and there wasn't even a full moon tonight. But uh, the Wolverines really – Phil, I'm sorry. I was hearing talking in the background. I got distracted. I apologize. Uh, But, no, it was a crazy ball game. You go ahead. Uh, just crazy ball game. Uh, Woodruff really jumped out early and dominated the first half. It was uh, it was twenty one to six Woodruff. uh, Correction, twenty eight to six Woodruff at halftime, and uh, they really just Mm. dominated the first half. Um, you know the things that worked for Broom in the first meeting, the quarterback extending plays with his legs, getting outside. Uh, the Woodruff really did a nice job of taking that away, and and they were crisp offensively. Uh, senior running back, Easton Burt, scored three touchdowns in the first half. Car- Carson Tucker completed 16 of 22 passes in the first half for 180 yards. And uh, so it was really – it looked like Woodruff might uh, just cruise on to the victory And they received the second-half kickoff. But Broome forced a turnover, got a touchdown. Um, two teams really kind of traded scores a little bit. And then Broome was able to put two on the board late, in, and it really made that game um, – uh, a little bit tight at the end, uh, forty-two to thirty-four. But the Wolverines took the kickoff, uh, Broom's final kickoff, with about five minutes to play. Picked up three first downs on the ground. It just bled the clock out. So, uh, all in all, it was a great effort for Woodruff. I think Coach Adams would probably say, uh, and I don't know that he's all that pleased uh, with how the defense played in the second half, especially compared to the first. But anytime you can go on the road in the first round of the playoffs and come away with a victory. You know, it's not easy to do, it's not supposed to be, and Woodruff has earned their way to Daniel next week.
1: Absolutely. And the quarterback you said had a had a really sharp game, especially in the first half. Right. Uh senior quarterback Carson
15: Tucker was sixteen of twenty-two passing in the first half. He was nine of sixteen in the second half. Uh still working on the numbers. I can tell you he's right around three hundred yards passing. Uh three touchdowns. Uh senior running back Easton Birch was probably just a little over a hundred yards if I had to guess without uh, having added everything up probably about 110 115 yards and three touchdowns all that came in the first quarter so uh, you know it was a good it was a good night for the most part offensively for the Wolverines and certainly a lot better than the previous meeting uh, broom won back on September 23rd 27 to 20 and so it was a good bounce back win it's hard to beat a good team twice in the same season and I think uh, would we'll approved that tonight
1: Yeah, you you hold out any hope of beating Daniel next week?
15: I I tell you what, it's uh, there is a reason they are the two time defending three A state champions. I think by my count, they've won after tonight forty one consecutive ball games. Uh, Now I'm certainly not going on the record and predicting us to go up there uh, to Central and come away with a victory. But uh, all I can Mm. say is crazier things happen in sports. Uh, It's a fickle game sometimes, and uh, you know. They've got to lose a game at some point. So I think the mindset, at least from the kids' perspective, has to be going in. They've got to lose at some point. Why not us be the one to do it? So it's going to be a tough nut to crack. It really is. They're a fantastic program, Coach uh, uh, Schuster up at Daniel. But uh, it's a great challenge, and I think our kids are looking forward to it.
1: Okay, Garrett, great job, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Have yourself a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Phil that sounds like a winner. You have a great one. Yes sir. Thank you very much. Garrett Mitchell, story on the Woodruff win. Let's go to Dennis Brunson, Manning and Lakewood tonight. And uh let's see. This was oh, this was a doozy. What a ball game. Not one, not two, but three overtime periods. Dennis, wrap it up for us. Uh, how did the Monarchs pull, it, pull this thing out 44-42?
13: Um Phil Lakewood really controlled the ball game. It was um, it was tw- um, they they were winning twenty to fourteen. They scored in the fourth quarter to go in front, and Manning had struggled offensively pretty much the entire ball game. And they put together a if I'm remembering right a ninety five yard drive and had a came up with a couple of um, first down um, first downs on fourth down to tie the game, and then they couldn't get the two point conversion to win it. So we go to the overtime, and then nobody could stop anybody. <laughs> um, um, they, um, they they took turns um, trading touchdowns and two point conversions. Um, Lakewood just gave the ball to Seneca Moore, and he um, he scored all three touchdowns in the overtime. But um, he got he finally got stopped on um, on the um, final um, two point conversion attempt, and and that was the last play of the game. Um, they, um, Manning was given the ball to um, Jalen Cord. He's about six foot two eighty, and um, and he he was able to get it in the end zone for him. It was just a um, it was crazy that um, that both teams' defenses played pretty well the entire ball game, and then they couldn't come up with stops um in the overtime. But the win improves Manning to nine and two. Um, first playoff win for Manning in a very long time. I'm not sure the exact date, um, exact year,
16: excuse me,
13: but um, they will be moving on to, um, they'll be traveling to Lexington County to take on Gilbert on next Friday night.
1: Heck of a win for the Monarchs there. Triple overtime, big two-point conversion stop to win it. Dennis, thank you very much, sir. Great report. All Talk right, to you Bill. next week. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Okay, you too. We go to... Uh, Thank you. Let's go to Bruce McNeil, the voice of the Sumter High Gamecocks. He comes down from Wisconsin, and all he does is call victories, except for just one time this season. Otherwise, it's been nothing but Ws for the Gamecocks under Bruce's watch. Another one tonight, Bruce, 33-14 over Chapin.
17: Yeah, pretty uh, tale of two different halves, really. Chapin had bus troubles and ended up, bringing half the team in one bus and the other half in another and the officials allowed the delay of about 20 minutes almost probably 30 by the time we got the game started and what do you know chapin uh, gets out and gets a two-yard run at about halfway through the first quarter take an early lead and then uh, we didn't have pate merchant at quarterback this week he was injured late in the game last week and so they kept him out and fred edwards went in at quarterback and our first play from scrimmage started at the one-yard line. They tried to pass. It was intercepted. And about four plays later, uh, Chapin's in the end zone with another touchdown. And before you know it, it's 14 nothing, And you're thinking, what's going on here? But uh, John Peoples had a big night running the ball for Sumter. Uh, I have him for over 160 yards, roughly 19 for 167. Added four more touchdowns. He's now over 100 points on the season and uh, they got the real lift came from Jamal Taylor, senior linebacker, had a pick six about midway through the second quarter and took it 80 yards, and that tied the game, and that was the real momentum switch. And they just kind of imposed their will as a strong running team, and Edwards started to get hot throwing deep passes downfield and completing them, and they had a couple of quick scoring drives that got them into the end zone a lot quicker, and you could just tell the passing attack it's a young team at Chapin, and the passing attack is meant to kind of, you know, kind of wear you down. But Sumter started licking the chops. They got one more interception later in the game, and I had Brady Albro with like 27 or 28 out of 44 for about 267. He threw for one touchdown but had a couple of picks, and their ground game just really didn't add much. So it was all Sumter. They scored the last 33 points of the game and went on with that win.
1: Yeah, what you probably don't know is because you weren't here, is Chapin had a quarterback who was one of the best, who is one of the best quarterbacks in the country, but he's at IMG Academy down in Bradenton, Florida now. Uh, yeah. So coach, that was a big Coach mentioned that before the game. Yeah. 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 They had yeah. a very special quarterback. That makes all the difference in the world. Tell us about the people's kid. Give me some details on him.
17: Uh, just really strong tonight. Um, he, you know, they do a lot of direct snap to him sometimes as a wildcat, and uh, most of his sc- scrimmage yards came as handoffs. And they run strong to the left side of their offensive line. Uh, they're big on that side. Mason Gregg's about two ninety-five at guard, and uh, Valdez Holmes about two seventy at tackle, and they they are really strong running left, and then they get a lot of cutback lanes and. He just was, uh, you know, just his, he's very good. He's quick off the, off the start. He's just a sophomore and really ran well. He had uh, 34 yards in the first quarter, had 98 by the half, 133 after three, and had scored um, three touchdowns by then and then picked up the fourth one here as he tacked on about another 40 yards in the fourth quarter and just, you know, 19 for 167 and just really solid.
1: Very. what's his first name
17: uh John peoples I'm sorry yeah
1: John no he, I just missed it earlier yeah. I want to make sure I got that right so John peoples yeah. 167 yards four touchdowns okay and um you guys will get kane Bay next week uh and and that should be a, a real test for your defense because they run the ball they love to run the ball that's pretty much all they do as David said tonight you might not know this kane Bay according to David who was at the game 48 straight plays of running the football before they threw a pass.
17: Wow. That sounds like a lot of the teams I saw in Wisconsin.
1: <laughs> run, <laughs> run, run, run. <laughs> yep. You're going to yeah, see yeah, that uh, next week.
17: Yeah, this this game kind of broke down in the second half. Both teams unofficially over 100 yards in penalties, and the, most of those came in the third and fourth quarter. A lot of unsportsman-likes, a lot of holding, a lot of just – It really got, it really kind of lost its flow and momentum, and like every other play would have a flag, and so the game started late and just kept running late. (laughs) But a win is a win; they don't care after you've put them in the book, right?
1: Exactly right. You don't give it back. Hey, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week.
17: Yeah, we'll be looking forward to that. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you. All right, Bruce McNeil, the story on the Sumter win tonight. So we've got every score in now from the high school league playoffs, and we're just missing a few scores here and there from the of playoffs. So we're gonna hit our break, and when we come back, we'll go through the scores by classifications, let David break down each class, tell you what, well, there aren't a whole lot of surprises. A few tight games in there that might raise some eyebrows, but in terms of the victors, pretty much gone to chalk so far. But now, now things will get really interesting starting next week. We will do a deep dive into the mind of David Shelton. I know that's scary, we'll do that after the break.
0: Your home is where your memories live It's where you laugh And where you love We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof Tangible and intangible alike So no matter what's around the corner We'll be there Offering you and your family The support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance A trusted name for nearly 70 years You deserve more You deserve a promise Learn more at scfbins.com
12: Call me Alex Satterfield at 803-749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs.
0: It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program.
1: songs just put you in a great mood. I mean, seriously, especially during football season, you know, I mean, they're fine during basketball season, maybe a little bit during baseball season, but really during football season, it's just special to hear uh, college fight songs. You better enjoy it. Only have a few more weeks before, you know, they put up the shoulder pads and the cleats, many of them for uh, another year. Okay. Let's go over all the final scores that we have in tonight. We will ask uh, David Shelton to dissect uh, classification by classification as we run through these. So, in the 5A playoffs tonight, maybe the, the surprise of the night, I guess, we'll let David discern this, but in terms of it being a, a nail biter, TL Hanna defeats White Knoll 36 35, Spartanburg 59, Nation Ford 17, Dutch Fork 56, Maul did nothing, Dorman 37, Clover 7. Gaffney, 60, Rock Hill, 23, JL Mann, 33, Spring Valley, 21. Blythewood, 40, Boiling Springs, nothing. Burns, 31, Hillcrest, 28. So, let's begin, David. Upstate, 5A. And we talked about the Hannah uh, and White Knoll thing. That was really, really close. How about JL Mann uh, beating Spring Valley? I mean, what a bounce-back year for the Patriots, an improved team. I really can't remember too many times where they've won playoff games.
9: Yeah, it's been a while. I can tell you that. Um, But they are improved. And, you know, they they were better than Spring Valley. Spring Valley's had kind of a rebuilding year. So uh, this is a good win for them to continue to move on. I don't don't know how much farther they can go. But uh, every playoff win is a good win as you look forward to the future. You're building for the future. You're laying those blocks. So getting a first-round playoff win is big. I don't care who it is or who you beat. It's big. And so good for them. But I tell you, that, that, that Burns, yeah, absolutely. uh, that Burns Hillcrest game, uh, that was a huge game because both of these teams were good enough to win the upper state. So now one is gone and, uh, and Burns moves on. And Burns is, you know, they kind of went through that middle of the season slump where they, they weren't playing very well and they were losing, but they put together a couple of weeks of good solid football. And they beat a good team tonight. That Hillcrest team's a good football team.
1: Yeah, yeah, the Rams have been tough. We talked about this on Sports Talk as maybe being one of those competitive games in the opening round that you don't usually see.
9: Yeah, that was, a you know, a two versus three where, where the three is a Burns. You know, I mean, I don't care. You know, if Burns if Burns is a three seed, they're still very, very good. And you look at that, that conference they came out of with with Dorman and Spartanburg and Gaffney. I mean, to be a 3 seed in that league is pretty impressive. So it was almost like, you know, Hillcrest was playing a one-seed, even though they were at home. But, uh, I mean, you know, Burns is Burns. I mean, always will be.
1: Okay, let's go take a look at the um, lower state in the 5A. Final scores tonight, we talked about Sumter, 33-14 over Chapin. Just to reflect on Chapin for a moment, David, I mean, if Bradford had stayed, what kind of team, what kind of year could they have had with him at quarterback? Well,
9: I mean, they lost a lot of good players. Uh, they lost him, but they lost receivers and and running backs. They they probably would have been more competitive. Uh, but I don't I don't think you know you know he wouldn't have led them to a state championship or anything. Which may be why he left. Maybe he looked around and said, "Oh boy, mm-hmm. you know I got to go somewhere where I got some playmakers." Um, but certainly he would have made a difference because he's a very good quarterback. But it takes more than one guy. You got to be able to block him, and you got to be able to stop him, and you got to be able to catch it and throw it and run it. Uh, he would have had the throwing part down, but the rest of their situation, they would have had some issues.
1: All right. Uh, the game you were at: Cane Bay beat Ashley Ridge thirty to thirteen. Somerville over Conway forty-eight nothing. Lexington beat Wando forty-five nothing. Goose Creek forty to two. Over West Ashley, Carolina Forest 42, River Bluff 28, Fort Dorchester 37, Stratford 21, and Berkeley beat St. James 14-12. to So what do you make of the low country 5 A?
9: Well, Berkeley gets the opportunity to go to Fort Dorchester, so they draw the, the short stick. Uh, one of those teams is going to go have to go play Fort. Um, you know, the good stick yeah. Carolina Forest game looks like <clears> – <throat> Looks like that's going to be a really good game. I think, you know, Cane Bay going to Sumter, nah, we'll see. But I tell you, Lexington-Somerville, uh, two teams that are good enough to win lower state, but one of them's going home in the second round. That is going to be a heck of a football game next week, Lexington-Somerville. at Somerville.
1: Okay, let's go to the 4A in the upper state. Greenville, 63, Aiken, nothing. <clears throat> South Point, 38. Greer 14, Catawba Ridge 63, Riverside 28, North Augusta 26, Easley 14, Westside 45, Midland Valley 35, Indian Land 41, Lawrence 20, Greenwood 49, South Aiken 42, Northwestern 64, Wade Hampton 7. A lot of points being scored in the upper state 4A in the opening round, and I guess, um, I don't know. The, the Greenwood-South Aiken game, um, maybe Westside, Midland Valley, very competitive there. What would you take away from that group of games?
9: Yeah, you know, South Aiken's been a team that's been able to score all year. Um, they, they've had some issues defensively, and obviously they had them tonight um, against Greenwood. But, you know, Greenwood's a team, their record doesn't look real shiny and things, you know, you kind of wonder. But they're they're pretty good. And I'm not saying they're going to win next week or even after that, but I'm saying – you know, yeah. for them to win the first-round game is a big step. I think Northwestern kind of showed that they're, you know, kind of establishing themselves as the team to beat in the upper state. But Catawba Ridge bounced back with a nice win tonight. West Side continues to win. So it's going to be some interesting second-round matchups next week.
1: Yeah. What about South Point and Greenville? I mean, you talk about putting in some fresh light bulbs in the scoreboard. You're going to need that
16: in that ball game. <laughs>
9: yeah, especially on Greenwood side. You better you better have a – you better the scoreboard operator better take a nap that day because his uh his night from seven thirty to ten o'clock is going to be really busy.
1: No question. All right. For a lower state, AC Flora continues to win forty nine fourteen over Wilson Hartsville over Lucy Beckham. West Florence 52, Lugoff, elgin 27, Myrtle Beach 24, May River 21, Irmo beat North Myrtle Beach 14-7, James Island 32, York 14, Bluffton 49, Westwood 20, and South Florence 61, Richland Northeast 18, your take.
9: Well, I think... uh Looking at looking at where we go next week, uh, James allen Irmo will be a very competitive matchup. Um, you know, everybody keeps keeps and rightly so. I'm not saying this is wrong, but everybody points to South Florence and West Florence and AC Florida in the lower state. Uh, but this James Allen team, they're a little sneaky. They got some players. I've seen them up close and personal. Uh, they got a really solid quarterback. Not a not a big time college prospect, but the guy just makes great throws and ne- that never throws a pick. Um, you know, so they're going to be at home. I think James Allen could get to the third round, and, and then we'll see, you know, with the South Lawrence AC floor. You know, Myrtle Beach Myrtle Beach and West Lawrence, that rematch, uh, that that's going to be a really good game to watch to see how that turns out.
1: Well, you know, Myrtle Beach, they feel like they owe them something. Are they good enough to rise up to do it? We'll see what kind of tricks Mickey Wilson might try and put together. I mean, you, you heard earlier that they made some adjustments for their game tonight, and it paid off in that three-point win over May River. Okay, we'll continue to go through the scores after this timeout. Also, uh, Ian Garrett, he'll join us and talk about the uh, North Myrtle Beach game tonight. That'll be coming up after the break. is the High School Football Scoreboard here on the Sports Talk Media Network. Phil Kornblut, David Shelton, J.P. Barry, Ian Guerin joining us from the prep red zone tonight. He was at the North Myrtle Beach Irmo game. Irmo won that thing in a good one, 14-7. Ian, thank you for joining us. What would you take away from this one tonight? The Yellow Jackets holding on for the one-touchdown win.
5: Yeah, I mean, it was a close game. I don't know if I would necessarily say it was a good game. And, and, and honestly, it all boiled down to uh, Irmo's sophomore quarterback, A.J. Brand. I mean, he, he had a really bad game by his standards, and his, his dad even said so. But the kid made just an amazing throw in the fourth quarter, about halfway through the fourth quarter, and he hit Tevin Smith on the numbers, uh, with a defender all over him, diving in the end zone. And it was one of those throws where, I mean, my first reaction was, where did this thing come from? Because all night, I mean, he's kind of Mm. dinking and dunking a little bit. Like, you know, his first – I think his first 18 passes went for like 28 or 30 yards or something. I mean, he just wasn't having a very good game. So then he throws that touchdown pass, and then they they force North Middle to punt, they get the ball back, and and he just – Turns into this dynamic runner. He he rushes for two first downs, and they're able to kneel out the the game. And I, I tell you, I think, uh, you know, and this is what you know. I'm working on for prep red zone right now. I think those three plays, the the throw and the two scrambles, are what college recruiters are looking at. And that's why he's got some offers, and that's why he's going to get a bunch more. Because I tell you what, that throw was was really special, and it was a it, it really capped off a game that otherwise was. Was very ugly. The offenses looked like they were completely out of sync. Um, there just wasn't a lot there. But you know, I, I just think that, that that's that's the takeaway right there. I mean, his other touchdown pass of the yeah. game was a well. He archer. reached down. It was a yeah, it was a well designed play, but um, he, you know, it just wasn't anything special.
1: Yeah, he reached down deep, I guess, when when it was most needed. What about Irmo moving forward now? And they'll draw what James Island next week, so. What are you expecting there? Yeah, they're going to have to play a lot better. They're going
5: to have to be able to run the football. Uh, James Island is having, you know, one of their best seasons ever. It's a a really special team. And and obviously uh, with, uh, you know, my my teams in my neck of the woods, uh, you know, Myrtle Beach going down to May River and, you know, a number five seed from this region beating May River at home for the second year in a row. Uh, Setting up that that rematch with West Florence, I think that's going to be another one of those really kind of deciding games for the lower state bracket. Um, I I think that James Island is probably going to win and I think West Florence is going to win. But, you know, it it wouldn't surprise me if either one of those other two teams, you know, rose up and, and, and pulled off another road victory.
1: Okay, sir. Ian, thank you very much. We tell everybody to check it out. Prep Red Zone all over uh, Twitter. And uh, we thank you for the time tonight. We'll look for you next week.
5: Absolutely. Have a good night, guys. Have a great weekend.
1: You too. Thank you very much. Ian Guerin from down in the uh, Horry County area. Okay, David, let's go to the 3A playoffs now in the upper state. Howdersville beat Crescent 50-14, Chester 56, Blue Ridge 37, Daniel 49, Southside 14, Woodruff 42, Broom 34, Clinton 49, Travelers Rest 14, Belton Honeyapath 36, Walhalla 18, Chapman 20, Emerald 7, and Seneca beat Wren 35-20. So... What are we looking at here? Eventually, are we eventually looking at Daniel Clinton at the end of the day in the upper state.
9: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think those two teams, along with Powdersville, um, you know, Seneca winning tonight—that's a nice win. Um, we'll see. We'll see if they can continue that on. But, but yeah, I, I still think. I mean, you you heard uh, Garrett say it earlier. You know, Daniel hasn't been beaten a long time, and at some point, they're going to lose. But it may not be this year, so we'll, we'll see. But there, there are yeah. some there are some really good games coming up uh, after next week. It is going to really get good and up there between a lot of good football teams.
1: What has fed that Daniel pipeline in recent years has led to this long winning streak?
9: Um, well, it's helped that a lot of their players are <laughs> the Clemson coaches. <laughs> but but <Yeah. laughs> seriously, yeah. um, uh, you know. They went through a little period, uh, when Jeff Brewster first took over. Um, and, and, you know, Randy Robinson stepped down. Brewster took over. They kind of struggled that one year, but they slowly built it back. And then they, they found quarterbacks and receivers, and that offense just took off. And they still score a lot of points. As a matter of fact, when you said they only scored 49 tonight, I was like upset. Yeah, because they didn't get 50. Mm. But, um, you know, they're just, they're just very talented in the skill position every year. And and they block well and they tackle well. They do some good things on defense, but for somebody to beat them, they're they're either gonna have to score forty points or they're gonna have to somehow get Daniel in the in the upper twenties to have a shot. And nobody's been able to do that in like three years.
1: Yeah. Okay, Lower State Camden playing all kinds of defense tonight. <clears throat> they beat Loris twenty nine to two uh, Lower Richland, 35. Phillip Simmons, 21. Dillon, 49. Marlborough County, 12. Brooklyn Casey, 36. Hanahan, 7. Beaufort 52. Orangeburg-Wilkinson, nothing. Crestwood beat Ainer, 38-30. Gilbert, 49. Battery Creek, nothing. And as we got the report earlier, three overtime. Manning defeats Lakewood, stopping a two-point conversion, 44-42. So... I guess still, Dillon looks like the cream of the crop in the lower state. Camden is certainly capable, especially when they play great defense like they did tonight.
9: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I tell you, the the big upset in that lower state bracket was Low Richland going to Phillip Simmons and and beating them on the road. I mean, Low Richland's got a couple of athletes that – and I I said this on Bobby Harton's show earlier today that, you know, Phillip Simmons is going to have to play very well. You can't look at two versus three because Lowell Richland played some really good teams, and they've got really good athletes. Um, and, and you know, Phillip Simmons was coming off back-to-back shutout, so you kind of thought, you know, maybe they were going to make a little run, but uh quick exit and and good win for Lowell Richland. But, you know, you got, I think, an interesting game next week. If Brooklyn Casey goes to Dillon with their full roster, they they were out a couple of guys tonight and still handled Hanahan, but Hanahan is not Dillon um but brooklyn casey will be physical with dylan they're the one team in the lower state other than camden they're the one team that will really match you physically they will punch you in the face and and you have to respond and dylan really hasn't been tested um so would it be you know i think it was last year or the year before this game between dylan and brooklyn casey was just a close slobber knocker and uh you know, I, I, if Staten if Staten plays, the quarterback plays for Brooklyn. Casey, he didn't play tonight, but if he plays next week, um, you know they they may put a little scare in the Dillon. We'll see.
1: Okay, let's go to the two a in the upper state. Abbeville showing playoff form; they beat Columbia seventy to fourteen. Newberry advances, beating Batesburg-Leesville thirty to twenty. Silver Bluff twenty seven, Mid Carolina fourteen. Fairfield Central. 28, 96, 7. Strom Thurmond, 35. Chesney, 7. Keenan, 62. Landrum, 29. Gray Collegiate, 54. Fox Creek, nothing. And Saluda, 43. Liberty, 7. Correct me if I'm wrong. Just by following them, following their games, their scores this season. The dark horse here, to me, seems to be Strom Thurmond. Because they've had a really good year. Um, they've been on a roll here over the last half of the season it, it looks like they've got something going this year at Strom Thurmond
9: yeah yeah this, this is a, you, you, you said it right they're the sleeper a lot of people in the upper state are looking at Gray, Abbeville, Saluda that's um, really the, the team that everybody's kind of keeping an eye on but but this Strom Thurmond mm. team has won some games they played very well late um, you know we'll see um, it's going to at some point Somebody's gonna to have to knock off Abbeville and Gray, um, and we'll see if yeah. if uh, Strong Thurman can do that. Um, but right now, you you still have to point to Gray and Abbeville as one of those two teams looks like uh, they're going to be the upper state representative. But we'll see, we'll see. I mean, Fairfield if if Central is capable. Right. Um, it could be some close games.
1: Lower state. Andrew Jackson, 66. Ridgeland, Hardyville, 26. Timberland, 26. King Street, 6. Barnwell, 42. Bishop England, nothing. Andrews, 50. Buford, 21. Oceanside Collegiate, 41. Lee Central, nothing. Wade Hampton of Hampton, 13. Central, 7. Sherraw, 21. Marion, 20. Woodland, 47. Lake Marion, 33. What do you make of the lower state?
9: Well, the big upset—a four-beat-to-one. Sherrall uh, beating Marion 21-20. Um, that's a that's a four-beating-to-one. I think that's the only one that I've heard tonight. Uh, and Chervale was coming off a really nice win last week over Chesterfield, um, so they're kind of playing better. They've only got three or four wins, but Mar- this Marion team was was good enough to win, or good enough to contend for lower state. So that's one really hmm. good team knocked out. They were nine and one. So that's one really good team knocked out. You still got, you know, Oceanside. You still got Woodland down there, um, Barnwell. So that, that lower state is still, you know, pretty stocked full. But Marion was one of those teams that, you know, we were interested to see if they could make a run and, and it ended prematurely very quickly. But, uh, and that Andrews win over Buford, I know they were at home. But that was, you know, that was a matchup of teams that were eight and two. Both of them were eight and two. So mm-hmm. one really good team was going to go home tonight, and and I think it's a good sign for Andrews that that they came to play and put up fifty points because uh, that's a good win for them.
1: Okay, and Oceanside Collegiate continues to roll, and they'll get uh, Wade Hampton next week. Hampton got anything for them?
9: Um, you know, they'll they'll be physical with them, and they'll they'll probably play pretty good defensively. I, I just don't know offensively if they can score enough. oceanside has got some some weapons on offense, and they really they don't have everybody yet, uh, but when, when they get their running back, I don't know if he played tonight. I, I would think that he didn't because they could have rested him another week, but when Vaughn Blue gets back in that offense and when he's 100% healthy, they're going to be real tough to beat.
1: Okay, let's take a look at the 1A Upper State, Christchurch 45, MACB 7, Calhoun County, 33, Dixie, 21, Louisville, 51, Hunter, Connor, Tyler, 8, Denmark, Oler, 40, McCormick, 8, Wagner, Sally, 56, Ware Shoals, 37, C.A. Johnson, 35, Ridge Spring, Mineta, 12, Southside Christian, 42, Blackville Hilda nothing, St. Joseph's, 61, Whitmire, 6. Again, dark horse that I like in the upper state, just based on following their scores and the kind of year they had, Louisville, I mean, this is a team that you know for years was great, and then they kind of dropped off a little bit. I think they got very small in their student body population and few numbers on the football team, but they've bounced back, having a great year. They win big tonight.
9: Yeah, yeah, they are they are the sleeper. A lot of people are talking about St. Joe's, Southside Christian, Christ Church um, in the upper state. And not a lot of people are talking about Louisville, but it's going to get it'll get settled here in a couple of weeks. But I, I think you're right. I think Louisville is a team that if if one of those top three doesn't doesn't really focus and play well, Louisville's capable of beating
1: them. How do three teams, Saint Joseph, Southside Christian, and Christ Church, probably in terms of mileage, about what ten miles from each other in a in a circle? I don't know for sure. I, they're kind of up in that area of Greenville, I think, all kind of close together, but all yeah. three have put together really strong football programs.
9: Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Christchurch, you know, they kind of they kind of stumbled. You remember a couple years ago, they won like 50-something <coughs> games in a row, um, but they kind of right. went to 2A, kind of stumbled a little bit, and now they you know, Quinn Hatfield's got them going in the right direction. They're very, very competitive. St. Joe, same thing. They, they had some good years, and they kind of fell off, and now they're back in Class A. Um, Southside Christian has won a couple state titles on a row, uh, but you're right. I mean, they they just uh, they're just finding guys, and you know we we don't want to get involved in that big R word that people use when talking about those schools. Um, but uh, but they have they have uh, been very successful this year, all three of them.
12: Yeah.
1: All right. Lower State 1A, uh, Johnsonville 57, Military Magnet 14. In the Leon Maxwell Bowl, Bamberg Earhart, 42, Latta, 12. Latta was driving at the end of the game. Lamar, 41, (laughs) Allendale Fairfax, nothing. You all right? Baptist Hill, 8, Scott's Branch, nothing. Estill, 60, Hannah Pamplico 56, Carver's Bay, 65, St. John, 6, Cross, 39. East Clarendon, nothing in Lakeview. 43, well, Branch 21. Here we go again with Lakeview making their playoff move here. Um, they'll get Cross next week. What do you think about the lower state?
9: Well, I, I think that, that game between Cross and Lakeview will be a really good matchup. Um, Cross is really good. I've seen them. They're, they're, they're a very good football team. So, Lakeview going on the road will be a big challenge for them. I, I still see Essel and Bamberg and Johnsonville. You know, as long as they stay in the bracket, they got a chance. Um, all three are very explosive, uh, with good athletes at the skill position. So, you know, uh, and when you look at that, when you look at cross and when you look at Lakeview, along with those three, I just mentioned, that's the one thing they all have in common is they all have skill people, um, running backs, receivers, quarterbacks, they all have those, uh, cross more of a running game, but the other guys can throw it around a little bit. And as you saw tonight, Estill returned to kickoff to win the game. Uh, that would have been a huge upset, four beaten one, but uh, they found a way to win that game.
1: Okay, in the skiz of playoffs, in 4A, <clears throat> Hammond 49, Augusta Christian 7. In overtime, Porter Gal 20, Heathwood Hall 17, Lawrence May 28, Cardinal Newman 14, and Trinity Collegiate 28, Ben Lippen 21. 3A. PD Academy advances with a forfeit over Hilton Head Prep, which only had 15 players available, so PD advances. Pinewood Prep, 28, First Baptist, 26, Wilson Hall, 35, John Paul II, 8, and Florence Christian, 43, Hilton Head Christian, 36. Two-way playoffs, Williamsburg Academy, 43, Thomas Sumter, 12, Bethesda Academy, 46, Spartanburg Christian, 14, Buford Academy 52, Orangeburg Prep nothing, and Colleton Prep 27, Northside Christian seven, one A playoffs. Lee Academy 54, The Kings Academy 13, Saint John's Christian 42, Patrick Henry six, Thomas Hayward 42, Dorchester Academy 14, and Calhoun Academy 29, Clarendon Hall six, and then you have your eight-man playoff bracket in Skeeza and Holly Hill Academy, 74, Lawrence Academy, 28, Richard Wynn, 56, Jefferson Davis, 18, Faith Christian, 40, Wardlaw Academy, 16. The only game we are lacking is W.W. King against Holy Trinity. Anybody has that score, wants to share it with us, uh, text us, uh, tweet at us, or call us at 888-898-255. 2-5 real quick david thoughts on the Skeeza playoffs tonight
9: yeah I, I you know hammond and hammond and 4a is clearly the team to beat don't know i don't think Gal can go there and beat them next week uh robert e lee or i shouldn't say robert e lee anymore lee academy uh yeah. looks like they're a really yeah. good team but that's gonna be a really good game with st john's christian um you know defending three-time defending four-time champion whatever thomas hayward in class a still still alive but uh you know, maybe maybe uh, St. John's and, and Lee Academy could have something for Hayward, uh, and then Winsburg and Two A just really looks like uh, they're the best team in the state. Whether they win it, we'll see. But you know, in Skeezer, you know, next week is the semifinals. The state championships are in two weeks, so I mean, we're yeah. we only have three rounds of Skeezer playoffs. So next week is huge. You win, you go to the championship games at Charleston Southern the next weekend.
1: It comes at you quickly. Okay, let's hit our final break, and we'll come back and wrap things up and uh, let David uh, talk for a moment or two about what's uh, ahead for him in his uh, endeavor that everybody, of course, uh, admires, uh, one team, one cause. Uh, We'll hear from David on that and put the final touches on tonight's uh, high school football scoreboard show brought to you by Founders Federal Credit Union. Back in a moment.
12: In Columbia, South Carolina, game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty of barbecue, we're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at experiencecolumbiasc.com.
1: Tune a few times tomorrow night, maybe. We shall see. David, real quick, before we let you talk about One Team, One Cause, I just saw this Greg Deal from the Greenwood paper tweeted this out. Abbeville, in their 70-14 to 14 win tonight, they ran 11 offensive plays the entire game. Wow. They had two punt returns for touchdowns. They blocked a the punt for a touchdown. They had a pick six, and according to uh, Chris Trainer. Another reporter, they had several one-play scoring plays. So, just bing, bang, boom. That might be a record.
9: That might be a record. 11 plays, 70 points. That might be a record.
1: That and what you saw tonight, I guess, will go down as the record-setting moments of uh, this Friday night. Okay, before we wrap it up, one team, one cause. Uh, What's working for you? What you got coming up?
9: Well, I got a big event this week uh tuesday and wednesday i'm hosting the first ever one team one call low country basketball Jamboree high school basketball no uh we're gonna we're gonna nice. have some girls games on tuesday night uh so instead of sitting around and watching the boring election results come watch some basketball and then on wednesday night we'll have some boys games um three or four hours each night uh i got about 28 28 teams involved uh we're going to have some some Information to hand out to kids about uh, drug use, drug prevention, and how we, if they need help, we can we can get them help. But won't be doing any speaking this week. But I am really excited to be able to host this jameree, uh with the help of the North Charleston Athletic Center. Uh, they're giving me the venue, and we've had a lot of great coaches put their teams in this event. And uh, it's just something another way that we're trying to find ways to create exposure for our calls, and this is one way that we can do this and, and really excited to get this thing going and and, uh, and watch a little bit of high school basketball.
1: That's fantastic. Hope folks will get out and support it and also uh, take heart to the message that you're putting out there. David, we thank you as always. Have a great week. We look forward to being with you next week for round two. It's going to get funnier next week. More fun oh, yeah, and can't funnier. Wait.
16: Can't wait. Uh, all right. Thank you. Hope you, hope you thank feel you, better. JP.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'll be fine. Thank you, JP Barry. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you next week.